This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Dr. Andrea Vitz will uncover a version of you that you haven't met yet. The one who's the calm in the storm, the safest person in the room, level-headed, clear, and peaceful. You'll know how to handle situations in your life that once seemed impossible. Valeria Tellez interviews Dr. Andrea Vitz, the author of The You You've Never Met, How to Stop Experiencing Pain and Chaos in All of Your Relationships by Sobering Up, Emotionally Speaking. Dr. Andrea Vitz is the founder and CEO of Level-Headed Doc LLC, an educational platform committed to a global emotional sobriety movement and to the primary developer of EMSO training. She is also the co-founder and one of the primary faculty at Lifted Academy, where the next movement in human evolution is taking place. She leads others to their own healing by attacking the cause of suffering and addiction, opening the door for reinvention, and being an example of the power to welcome drastic correction and control of their lives. Along with being an emotional sobriety educator, she's a mother, doctor of chiropractic, life and relationship coach, and strength and rehabilitation expert. Attaining her doctorate from Life Chiropractic West at age 23, becoming a mother at 25, and becoming a business owner soon after, Dr. V hoped her successes were an indicator of certain maturity. It wasn't until someone she trusted expressed their concern that who she was being didn't match her statement of what she intended, that she embarked on real change. Here, she began her work of self-investigation, self-reliance, and self-metamorphosis. Her efforts as an educator and coach have provided her with countless hours of experience from which to draw, As a result of her intense passion for emotional sobriety, she was given the name Level-Headed Doc, as it applies to both her personal intention and what she encourages in her students. Alongside her process of becoming emotionally sober, she experienced a major spinal injury. Refusing surgery with her dogged determination, she overcame all of her ails via her desire and practice of being real. Her injury rehabilitation led her from disability to finding strength and earning an elite status in the sport of powerlifting. Dr. V attempts to excel in many different areas in an effort to better serve her students, clients, and patients. Her belief is that she's never done growing, improving, and choosing to be an example of inspiration. Meet Dr. Andrea at levelheadeddoc.com. Here's the interview with Dr. Andrea Vitz. In your own words, who is Andrea Vitz? 
Oh, wow. Andrea Bitz. Uh, she is a mom and uh, a guide to, I believe, mercy and self-understanding. That's at least what I challenge myself to be more and more of every day. And so in order to do that, there was a lot of uh, my own personal journey and hard work that had to go into that as my dream of being a guide to mercy and a guide to um, getting to know the you you've never met. And so I really see myself as being like a mother to everyone, um, a, a somebody where somebody's going to come up to me and feel nourished and feel supported and also be guided and directed to take responsibility for the, for themselves and teach them how to do that. So when I think about me, Andrea Vitz, I don't really think about the self, right? It's um, I feel like more of a purposeful uh, mission for like, I have a pin on my backpack that says, send, <laughs> yeah. send, send me, you know, like I want to go, I want to help. How can I help? <laughs> uh, how beautiful. I love that. What a beautiful realization to have. That's what it is really. That's incredibly beautiful. When did you discover that, uncover that, Andrea? Well, I think I've always had this kind of like lining my heart, Yeah. but with my own, you know, self-centeredness and selfishness and self-absorption in my younger ages, I wasn't able to access or um, navigate life in a way that would give me the clarity to, you know, meet those challenges and actually become the teacher that I have. And of course, I'm always still growing, you know, none of us reach a state of perfection. Um, but I would say around age 29, when I met my husband, um, I had an incredible awakening just by virtue of knowing him. And he's also an incredible teacher. Uh, Ted O'Neill is his name. And he, he really introduced me to more of the real me. And once I started getting glimpses of her, I started asking more of her and I started to really endure some new challenges in order to become the me that I am now, which I always was, but <laughs> I just didn't have access to her. I hadn't met her yet, <laughs> but we all have that person in us, right? That person that we know we, we could be, and we keep saying even that language we could be, but we already are. Uh, it's just about unblocking our access point to them. So it was probably age 20. Now I'm age 40. So I've had many years now of uh, experience and, and developing my curriculum for the last decade in order to give what I put myself through and what I've achieved to other people, which is really my mission in the world is to create level-headedness and even the, even the most hysterical, uh, to, to create peace in the most fearful and to create clarity in the most you know, frantic or confused. And so that is just the gist of it. Sounds to me like a purpose. You call it mission, which is interesting to hear that too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the mission, it is a purpose. The mission, I think, revolves around, you know, wanting to access or give access to this training to at least six to eight million people. Um, that's, the, that's the mission. The purpose is always the same. Right. It doesn't change. Like the, the real you, right? It's always there. Yes, exactly. What are some of the main ways or techniques that we can kind of identify 
the blocks and the obstacles to getting there to that destination, if it, if it is one, which is not, right, Andrea? Yes, it's constantly growing, but you do get to a place where you feel so content, so it can feel yeah. like a destination. Uh, but once you get there, you always want more. I would say the easiest simplest way to describe what I teach and to get you there if you're just a listener at this time is there's three steps you can take um, that I you could call them hacks you can call them whatever but what it really comes down to is it's the real work you have to ask more of yourself you have to become suspicious of yourself you have to corner your ego and question it and then you have to question your questioning and you have to be a stalker of yourself in order to become aware of who you've been being. And now awareness is not the is not the answer. Awareness, like you said, we have to look first, right? Which Because you can't edit what you can't see. But in that awareness, we're not going to find solution because we've not edited anything. We've not changed anything. And change doesn't come with affirmations. It doesn't come with, you know, doing little tiny new behaviors. What it comes with is diligent, consistent training. And so our three steps are going to be getting over yourself, getting real, and checking motive. Let's start with getting over yourself. So if I were to say to you, you need to get over yourself, that might sound a little bit threatening and scary and a little offensive, right? Like, get over myself, but I'm really suffering, right? What I'm asking you to do is actually get out of the self and out of, out of the egoic perspective just for a moment letting go of that armor and saying, if I can look at this situation or look at myself from a different angle or a different perspective or from the balcony, I have a better vantage point. I can I can see who I've been being in my life, not just what my ex-boyfriend or girlfriend did, not just what my kids are doing to me, not just what my boss does or the person in traffic. It's what am I doing? Who have I been? And then the things I don't like about that are the things that don't align with my heart's truest values right? I recalibrate and I redesign a training plan so that I can actually eliminate those things. Grateful for having those skills that I've had, even if they were destructive, because they're still skills. So just changing that and adding a skill that kind of pushes that one aside, because we don't need that anymore. That doesn't do anything for us. So getting over yourself is is first stepping out of the self-centeredness or the self-absorption that we talked about in the beginning, but also looking at it from a different vantage point. Now we have access to seeing what we're believing about ourselves. So every single one of us has trauma as a child. And in that traumatic event or events, we're left with an imprint, with a belief about ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm not safe. I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be tricked. I can't trust. I'm unimportant. I'm invisible. Everyone has a little subtle different belief, but it's such a stamped, imprinted belief that it becomes the filter through which we see everything in the world. And when we are looking through that filter of unimportance and we use an event or a thought to validate that belief, now we're flooded with chemistry, with biochemistry, which is what we would call emotion. I'm flooded now with embarrassment. I'm flooded with anger. I'm flooded with shame or, or fear. And when we have that fear, we have a behavior that follows. That chemistry turns us into a puppet. We become hijacked by our emotions and we behave in ways we would never consciously choose. I call those emotionally triggered behaviors, the behaviors that are triggered by our emotion. 
every one of us can relate to that. You know, raise your hand if you've experienced the <laughs> <a> behavior <laughs> oh that you can't believe you actually <laughs> engaged in. And then you engaged in it nearly an hour later. So how could this be, right? This belief is so important to know because I believe that the belief we believe about ourselves from childhood is the very thing that has taken over our egoic stance. So if I know that I have this fundamental belief of unimportance, then I can take this pain that I'm feeling and I can ask myself, is this associated with that belief right now? Because if it is, then I'm coming from a childish place. I'm coming from a place where I'm reacting and having a chemical and behavioral reaction based on a child's interpretation of an event. And so when we get over ourselves, we go above ourselves, we look from a different perspective and we ask the question, how am I making this about me? What am I believing about me that this seems to be validating? I'm like, wow, for everything, because it's so true. <laughs> it's this is the so thing, true. right? Your, your, your whole body knows it. It's like, yes, yes this is what happens. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, it has been my experience for sure and probably most of us. That's the first thing. We get over ourselves and it can be something that isn't a big deal. It could be a very easy process and we start to look forward to it. The next time we feel this rush of pain or adrenaline, we can say, oh, this is my opportunity to train and start start utilizing these practice reps. That's what we call them in training. We always use reps <laughs> in, in order to change. So I'm getting over myself. The second step is going to be getting real. How do you get real? I use the acronym revealing everything accurately in life. That's real. It's the main word there is accurate. It's not when we tune into what's real, we're not we're not coming from a place of this is what my mom would want it to be. This is what I'm supposed to feel. This is what I'm supposed to think. This is what my dad said I'm supposed to do. This is what my culture says I'm supposed to do. I want to know what's real for you. And more importantly, you want to know. <laughs> so when we get real, we're looking at, okay, stop. What am I really feeling? What am I really thinking? What am I really doing? Am I being, am I feeling fear or am I feeling embarrassment? Am I feeling guilt or am I feeling anger? And finding the real feeling. And that's a nuanced skill that I teach in my coaching. How to find the real feeling because most of the feelings that you think you're feeling aren't exactly correct. They're the thing that you think you feel based on maybe obligation or you're supposed to feel this way, or you're embarrassed to tell, say what you really are, even to yourself. So accessing what's real is very important. And not only that, there's what lies and secrets are we carrying? When getting rid of those things frees up so many blocks to our inherent wholeness, to that access of your connection to everything and, and all, you know, that's that's what, it, what I'm really teaching here is that ability to letting go of the beliefs, letting go of the pain and changing your biochemistry so that you can recognize what's really there. And then our third step is going to be checking motive. Checking motive is a very similar uh, connotation as stalking yourself, right? If I am having, and I'm going to pick up the phone and call you, Valeria, I'm going to say, what am I hoping to accomplish with this conversation? And I'm going to ask myself, like, what's my motive? Am I trying to get attention from her? Am I trying to get something out of this? Am I 
Am I trying to punish her? Am I going to, am I tricking her? Am I going to be honest? The whole, like, what is, what am I actually doing? What am I hoping to accomplish? And when you access what your real motive is for every behavior, when we teach emotional sobriety, which is what I teach is MSO training or emotional sobriety training, we're not teaching just, um, drug addiction, alcoholism, that's not, that's not in sobriety. It's not just the absence of drugs and alcohol. Emotional sobriety is for everyone who struggles with emotional hijacking. Right. And that's everyone. So true. I mean, that's, we are all the same. I so can't true. say that enough. We are all the same and you are not alone right. in your suffering and in your hysteria and in your circle of addiction in whatever addiction it is. Mm. So with emotional sobriety, we are really in, introduced to a space where we get to practice being level-headed and peaceful and clear. And coming from that place, we live much different lives. It really sounds to me, I absolutely love this exploration. It is. It sounds very adventurous to me as well <laughs> when I think about exploring the inner world and analyzing, asking questions. It's playful, isn't it? Curiosity. It's very playful. See, I love that. And that's something that I think we lose. We might lose people in that when they, they get overwhelmed. You know, they've been sitting in this dark room their whole life and maybe something that happened to them just turned their light switch off and all they have to do is take responsibility and flip on the switch. So that's really what we're teaching is self-responsibility and maturity and, and taking, you know, my husband and I are talking a lot about putting the bridle in your own mouth, you know, <laughs> directing, your, directing yourself, that self-discipline and making your, your life your own in that way by, by knowing and controlling the self. And I don't mean control by shoving your emotions down or forcing a behavior to change. I mean, control is in taking deliberate and dedicated action toward maintaining your emotional and mental health. When it comes to emotions, especially the ones that you speak of, that they um, initiated with trauma from childhood, has been my case. And it's interesting how much we are informed by it, the way we operate. I wonder if they ever go away, Andrea, because I still feel them. Sometimes they still get hijacked, not as often, and it doesn't last too long because Good, I become yeah. aware real fast, but it still happens. And I'm surprised, actually. I do so much work and it's still here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is what this the training offers is someone exactly like you is perfect for this training because you've done so much work, but you're like, there's still a little gap in my game. Like there's still, there's places I still get stuck. And I thank you so much for being so humble and vulnerable and sharing that because somebody like you, most people think like, oh, she's perfect. Oh no. Yeah. No uh, she's got it all together, but no one is, no one's perfect. And, and what I'm calling us to do is not to be perfect, but just seeking betterment in ourselves, seeking more peace and more mercy, more humility, more vulnerability. And so, yeah. yeah, it's surprising, right? When they still come back. Uh, and yeah. the, the reason, <laughs> the, here's the thing, our natural fight or flight state is essential, right? If there's, if there's a Jaguar coming up behind you, you want to have a fight or flight reaction. You, <laughs> yeah. If somebody pulls a knife, a knife <laughs> on you, you want to have, you know, a fight or flight reaction. But if you're having a conversation, you don't. So, the reason they come back is because of what we would call biochemical addiction. And that is when your body has made these emotions so many times, these emotions that are chemicals in your body, that it just makes it without you even asking it to. It makes it when you're asleep, you wake up with anxiety and you wonder, how could this be? 
you have a conversation with your partner and you're flooded with embarrassment. You're flooded with fear or, or resentment. And it's just, it's, if you look close enough, and this is what the training will offer too, is the opportunity to see that these feelings are very much identical to the feelings you've always felt. They're not new. You're not having a, you're having a, not having a new experience. You're in a new situation. You're not having a new feeling. You're having a new circumstance. The, but the cycle that gets you there is the addiction. It's your beliefs about yourself and the way that you view yourself and think everyone else is viewing you allows that feeling or that belief to be validated as often as you want throughout the day. And the ego is in place to keep everything the same. So if I'm, if I have a conversation with you and I believe on I'm unimportant and you say anything to me, I can make it about my unimportance. And I could do it so fast because I'm so skilled at it. I don't even have to think about it. But suddenly I just feel gross and then I resent you for it instead of looking at myself and saying, oh, I see. When she said that, I made that about my unimportance. And that's not real. And it allowed, it was my drug dealer. That's all it was. <laughs> yeah. it, it, that conversation <laughs> yeah. with you just gave me the opportunity uh, to feel the feeling of resentment again and the feeling of embarrassment. And I'm addicted to resentment and embarrassment in this example. So where else in my life am I feeling the exact same thing? Because I believe the exact same thing, but I'm blaming it on another, another situation. You know, I'm embarrassed and I'm resentful. I'm embarrassed and resentful here. I'm embarrassed and resentful there. I'm embarrassed and resentful there. And I have these behaviors that follow me through each one. Maybe when I get home, I can't wait to drink a whole bottle of wine. It's because I'm seeking to change my chemistry by using an exogenous chemical. That resonates so true. I wonder, can we be triggered too, Andrea, in those cases? Because we do have those addictions, those imprints. Is there such a thing? I, I kind of wonder if everything's yeah. happened within us or we're being actually um, really triggered by it. Anytime you're triggered, it's only happening within you. That doesn't mean the other person doesn't have resp a responsibility or a part because they have their own emotional insobriety. If you're being triggered by someone else because of their behavior, they're in an emotionally triggered behavior too. So they're behaving in a way that they wouldn't consciously choose. It's abusive. Just like when we behave in ways that we wouldn't consciously choose, we're being abusive. And now I love what you said, can we be triggered? Yes, because an ETB or an emotionally triggered behavior is just that. When we are triggered emotionally, we behave in ways we would never choose. So I love what you said, because you can, you could be this beacon of peace but the second you're triggered, you become three years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully I don't go there. Yeah, right? not, not, that, that, not that young, but yeah. <laughs> but or that's wherever, true. <laughs> yeah, or wherever yeah. you go. Some people, some people are defensive. Some people are childish. Some people are judgmental. Some people are secondarily addicted to drugs and alcohol or sex or gambling. Some people are argumentative. Some people are dishonest. It totally depends on you. And, you know, for me, I was like all of those things. I was defensive, childish, judgmental, dishonest, you name it. Um, I happen to have come from a place of just total chaos and confusion. And all the while, I was a doctor. I was a mother. You know, you think you have it together. You think you have this certain level of maturity. But when you really look at the state of your life and the state of your internal environment, are you really mature? Like, what are we thinking? What are we doing? And yes, that doesn't mean you're not 
level-headed and mature in other areas. We all have areas that we shine, but where do we not shine? Can we shine those up and have this and have this demonstration of our holism because we're already whole. You know, just because the moon looks like a crescent doesn't mean it's not whole or a full moon. The same thing is for us. We're already complete. We're already whole. It's just what's blocking that. And it's always a belief. There's something in me that has changed when I kind of realized that what you just said, that we are already whole. So everything is whole in a way. There's nothing broken here. The paradox is that we still kind of navigate this human reality in, in the body, kind of <laughs> looking to become whole. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of, it's a paradox, isn't it? Yeah, because, well, that's, that's uh, the thing. It's, it's a misunderstanding. Uh, is we, even myself, I've been in situations and experiences where I feel I'm totally broken. I'm never going to be okay. But you're not ever breakable. You, you might have a feeling of fracture, but you really, you're just flooded with emotion and you're sustaining that emotion with a thought process behind it, a circular thought process that keeps you in pain because you're continuously putting blame outside. And I'm not asking you to put the blame inside. I'm just asking you to be able to do the training to work through that process. And I like what you said about this being spiritual because it really is, but your spirit is perfect. Like we don't need spiritual healing mm. our spirit <laughs> yeah. our spirit isn't the problem <laughs> <laughs> so our, true yeah. our human our human experience is where we are put in this world with chemistry with thoughts and with a physical body and we need all three of those things to have a physical experience but what my husband and I do is we teach emotional and mental and physical training to have a more optimal and more controllable physical experience. So we create the structure so that there's more allowance in that framework or in that construction. Does that make sense? It does, Andrea. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the reflection of the spiritual world that would be. Yes. So we are reflecting that energy back of love, of unconditional love. I love what you do because this is exactly what we need, not just to go through as a training, but we need reminders. We, I feel it's very playful. It is a feeling, it's not real. We hope we cannot be broken, but it is a feeling that while it's here, it's real. It is happening and in this reality, it is real. I mean, whatever we believe in becomes real. I guess the question is um, that I want to ask you now is about freedom. How do you define freedom? within these two aspects of life, views of life. Yeah, so freedom to me is the liberation from the, the version of you that trauma made. And that's it. It's, it's having total understanding of your wholeness. And this unconditional love state that you speak of is an advanced practice. It, it would require, in order for one of my students to get to a state of real unconditional love, they would have to go through probably a couple of years of training to have a sustained feeling and belief in unconditional love. Mm, yeah, it's still a feeling, right? Yeah, it's, it's definitely an advanced practice, but that doesn't mean we can't get there. If you have desire to, to obtain and sustain a state of emotional clarity and peaceful behaviors and content and happy emotions. And, you know, these feelings um, of what we're, I believe, meant to feel to have a optimal human experience where we're not hijacked because we don't get hijacked 
by by bliss. Like we don't get hijacked <laughs> by by joy. We get hijacked by fear. And we get hijacked by embarrassment and offendability. That's it. So freedom is you're releasing your attachments to the past. What what happened to you in the past and all the all the people that you think did it to you. And turning that, and this is again advancing in our practices, but turning that resentment into mercy. I, I that's what I teach best. And then turning that mercy just naturally, actually, the mercy turns to forgiveness. And then that forgiveness allows what's already there to be seen. The unconditional love, we already have it. It's just removing the blocks to open up that channel. And it's like, oh, there you are. Hi. <laughs> Isn't it interesting? It's always here, right, Andrea? It's never hidden anyway, the truth. Never, you know. But it's just seeing it that takes work in this human experience. And with that in mind, what is your vision for a new reality? Do you believe that we as human beings are walking that path to get to this amazing experience of freedom and peace? Yeah, I think this isn't a new concept. I think for centuries, the humanity has struggled with the exact same problems. Um, and there have been master teachers that have come through and attempted to, you know, quote, change the world. But what really we have to understand is it's a personal challenge. It's, it's not, uh, I'm not going to change the world. I'm going to change one person at a help change one person at a time by virtue of saying, I'm going to walk you over to this light switch that your parents turned off or that this person turned off in you. And all you have to do is turn it on. Ready? And getting somebody to that place where they're not afraid to turn it on because they're so used to the darkness or, or that they believe they're not strong enough to turn it on. It, that's my job as a coach is to teach you not only that there's a light switch and that there's an illusion that you can't turn it on, but you getting you strong enough to turn it on and then how to navigate the light. So um, I believe that a global reformation and em emotionally speaking can happen overnight mm. if just I fix me. Mm. Yes, it starts with us, right? And then you fix you. And if 6 million people did this overnight, what would happen on Thursday morning, uh, right? Or, yeah, or Friday yeah. morning, like we'd wake up and we would live in a different population. So true. So it starts with us. I have heard that before. Somebody said that beautifully wrote, I'm not sure. All healing is self-healing. Yes. We need to be open, right, Andrea? Become more curious about our own selves and the way we behave and what's not serving the heart. I always go back to that, the idea that yes. the heart is it's, it's only here to love. It's the only thing it knows <laughs> is to love. So it's the it's going back to it. Yes. Recalibrate your heart values, figure out what you truly want to be or who you desire to be. And that's truly who you are. You just have to continuously train to allow that to be more becoming, you know, let, letting that come through more and more. And by removing your egoic belief that everything's happening to you, it's, it, that's the hardest training rep, by the way, is letting go of that ego that wants to blame other people that wants to suffer, that wants to feel wants to punish, that doesn't want to take responsibility. I'm not asking you to take blame. I'm asking you to take responsibility. Turn mm. on the light switch. 
Yeah. What a beautiful message, a powerful message. Thank you so much for being You're open so to welcome. life. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. I look forward to knowing you for many years. Oh my God, Andrea. Yes, I'd love that too. <laughs> I mean, this is the work that I, for some reason, it's playful to me. That's I said that before. And it is. It's the exploration of the way back home in a way. It has been painful, but now it's, it has become playful. It kind of changed. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you can be in the middle of pain and recognize it as a biochemical and then bring levity, and, and bliss to that work, you're going to get better a lot faster. So you got the right idea. I do have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything else that we didn't cover today that we didn't speak about? Oh, gosh. Um, there's so many things. So one thing is that I just want everyone to know that I'm here for you. So if you ever need me, you can email me at drandrea at levelheaddoc.com. And that's all one word, levelheaddoc. Um, and it's D-R-A-N-D-R-E-A, levelheadedoc.com. I always respond to my emails and I love hearing from you. So even if you don't hear from me right away, just know that you will. And my last question, I think I'll ask you this one. What do you love most about being in a human body? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I love that I can go anywhere. I love that I can I can see with my eyes that I can hear with my ears and that I can taste and that I can touch and have this physical experience and at the same time have an expandability. Like I can, I can make my physical body anything, you know, I'm a, I'm a power lifter. I'm, I've lifted heavy for a while and being in a strong body is a lot. I associate a lot with like an emotional sobriety as well. The moment you recognize you're in a strong body, it just feels so great. And the same with emotional sobriety. It feels like I can handle anything. Like I, I, I yeah. I, oh, that sounds amazing to me. And I agree. It's a miracle, isn't it? To be in the human body, to be here now talking to you. I mean, this is incredible. Yes, it is. It's a surreal, wonderful experience. Yeah, I agree. Thank you so much again for your presence, for the work you do, the wisdom that you share and everything else in between that could be felt. Thank you so much, Andrea. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Bye for now. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dr. Andrea Vitz and her work, please visit levelheadeddoc.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.